You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. On today's episode, we've got Aram Layton talking about the Reds farm system, giving us a high-level overview, where the Reds are at, how they kind of fare moving into 2021 with the farm system that's kind of it's kind of in the middle, kind of toward the back half of the rankings. So I get his take on all of that. And also, before we do, I got to talk about some shortstop stuff too because there was a lot of movement on the market yesterday. And I... I I also have to get something about the Hall of Fame off my chest. Just a couple of things, just a couple of minutes. Before we get to all of that, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Uh, okay. Before I bring Aram in to talk about the Reds farm system, where they're at, and some exciting prospects to look forward to, there's a couple of things that I want to look at first. Obviously, yesterday there was a run on the shortstop market. The one glaring hole for the Reds this offseason has been shortstop. It's been the target that every single person that covers this team has said, from C. Trent to Bobby Nightingale. You've heard me say it. You've heard Chad Dotson say it. You've heard radio guys like Mo and Lance say it. Everybody agrees the Reds need a shortstop. They might not have been the team that was going to sign the first guy and kind of set the standard for the market, but now two-thirds are gone. Marcus Simeon signed an $18 million one-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Andrelton Simmons signed a one-year $10.5 million deal with the Twins. It's kind of a uh, discrepancy there between those two contracts. Were the Reds going to give Marcus Simeon $18 million? No. They probably could have given Andrelton Simmons $10.5 million, though, but we don't necessarily know what was going on behind the scenes there and why he ultimately chose Minnesota. So now it's Didi. Now it's Didi Gregorius, and then you look at a host of other shortstop options that are not as good. And there have been some speculations as to how much money the Reds should be willing to part with in order to get Didi. Chances are it's going to be a lot closer to Marcus Simeon than it is to Andrelton Simmons. In fact, a panel of experts and prognosticators on The Athletic ranked him as the best of the shortstop options this offseason. With that being said, $18 million for Marcus Simeon prices the Reds out of that category. If D.D. Gregorius is going to sign with the Phillies for $18 million of an average annual value, the Reds aren't going to match that. They didn't with Marcus Simeon. Now, who knows? Maybe they offered him $18 million and he just chose to go to the far better lineup in Toronto. Or maybe they were a little bit lower. Chances are, I, I got to believe it's lower. So, so what does it mean to the Reds? Are they really going to go into this 2021 season 
and try to continue this window of contention with $30 million less on the payroll? See, Trent wrote something about that on The Athletic just a few days ago, looking at the payroll. The payroll right now for 2021, after arbitration contracts and all of that good stuff, sits at $117 million. The opening day payroll, had all things been equal in 2020, would have been $147 million. Now, I get it. The Central itself has not gotten better. It has not gotten worse. They've stood pat. And actually, you could probably argue they've gotten worse. But does that mean that we give the Reds a pass for standing pat? I don't. If you know what it is that you need to do to get better, and you look at everyone else and say, well, they're not getting better, so why should we? Then you don't get credit for that. It's time to contend. It's time to start saying that, you know, well, we're building toward a championship. We're, we're, we're trying to build a team. Do it. Go out and sign those guys. Bring in the championship team. There is no more waiting. I, I, I don't think that Reds fans should be asked to continue to wait. And I think that they should go get D.D. Gregorius yesterday. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, too, and I won't spend too much on this because it is a long subject, something we could spend an entire episode about, but the Hall of Fame vote disgusted me. The Hall of Fame vote was embarrassing. If you are a brand new fan to the game, if you are looking to get into baseball, if you're looking to get excited about baseball, if you're trying to grow the sport, how do you advertise that? In fact, MLB Network spent probably a half an hour, maybe an hour tops, talking about the fact that there was no one voted into the Hall of Fame and then immediately went back to covering the career of Hank Aaron, which is awesome, But this was supposed to be a night of celebration. Tuesday night was supposed to be, welcome to the Hall of Fame, so-and-so. Congratulations on your awesome career, so-and-so. And don't give me the numbers game. Don't give me the guys that don't deserve it. First of all, and again, this is an argument that I could make into an entire episode, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just giving you the bullet points right now. First of all, the steroid era happened. Baseball benefited from it. Teams made money off of it. Television stations got ratings off of it. So why are we punishing the players? Why punish the players? Why say, no, you can't go into the Hall of Fame, you took steroids, while you're counting your money? That makes no sense to me. Roger Clemens did what he did, and the sport benefited from it. Barry Bonds did what he did, and the sport benefited from it. And now, after the fact, the moral police that is the BBWA is going to sit there and say, no, your career didn't count. That seems hypocritical. That seems ridiculous. And they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland. If you look at his comparables, if you look at players who have gone in in recent years, like Larry Walker, who had a couple more wins above replacement than him, Vladimir Guerrero that had a lot less wins above replacement than him. Okay, not a lot, but it was like 11 wins above replacement less than Scott Rowland. And then you even look at some of the comparable third baseman. Ron Santo is in the Hall of Fame, had the exact same wins above replacement. And I know that's probably a simplistic argument, but... Scott Rowland deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So you're telling me that nobody did. In fact, 14 writers 
turned in blank ballots. 14. That's ridiculous to me. And I can talk more about it, and I'd love to hear your reactions as well on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. But it just makes no sense to me. You, you cannot look at that list and tell me that not one single person on that list deserved to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. You just can't. All right. <laughs> that, that, enough ranting for the day. Now comes the good stuff. Now comes what I've been looking forward to for a week now since I reached out to Aram and scheduled this interview. But we are talking the Reds farm system. We're talking prospects. Going to look at specific guys like Nick Lodolo, Austin Hendrick, Jonathan India, and more. Before we jump into that, though, I've got to let you know about Built Bar. I had a peanut butter brownie just yesterday, and I'm telling you what, guys, it was the most delicious protein bar that you can have. You hear the words protein bar, and you immediately think, ugh, healthy, chalky, not tasting good. Built Bar bucks all of that. They get rid of it. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We're talking about 170 calories per bar, 4 grams net carbs, and up to 17 grams of protein in pretty much every single one of these. And they've got amazing flavors, like coconut almond. Tastes exactly like an Almond Joy, but it's way healthier for you. You've got carrot cake with walnuts, which is an amazing built bar. You've got double chocolate which hits you right in the chocolate craving. I'm telling you, go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On and check him out. For 20% off your next order, use that promo code Locked On and see what I'm talking about because you can up your snack game significantly with Built Bar. They've also got amazing products like Built Boost, which transforms your water into something that delivers vitamins and tastes good as well. Hit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code locked on on all their amazing options to get 20% off. This is the time of year when cars start to make a little bit of noise, start to need a little bit of work. If you're in that boat right now with your car, check out rockauto.com to get the next part for your car. They've got all the parts your car will ever need, and they've been doing this a long time. They've got a very easy-to-use interface on the website. They'll help you find exactly what you're looking for. Whether you're mechanically inclined and you know exactly what kind of brand your part is, they can help you out, or if you're mechanically declined, they've got a nice drop-down list to help you find exactly the part you're looking for. If you need brakes, shocks, struts, even if you need a turn signal, check out rockauto.com. And when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. rockauto.com has all the parts that your car will ever need. And when you're checking out, in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On to let them know Jeff sent you from the Locked On Reds podcast. RockAuto.com has all the parts your car will ever need. And also, before I welcome Aram in, I wanted to point out the brand new Locked On podcast, Locked On Today. Locked On Today covers every single big news story from around the sports world. Not just football, not just baseball, not just basketball, not just hockey. All of it including college as well. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, host of the Locked On Packers podcast, he takes a look around the sports world and welcoming in all kinds of great Locked On hosts talking about what's going on in sports. Check out Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. 
I have with me the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. He also hosts the Locked On Marlins podcast. So this dude was pretty busy last year. He is Aram Layton. Aram, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to talk some Reds, one of the uh, remaining systems I haven't been able to jump on and talk to. So I appreciate you having me on, and it's uh, been a long time coming. I am very happy that we've been able to finally get this connected and get this going because I mean the Reds farm system has been interesting there's plenty of prospects at the top that people know the names of and then there's folks in the middle that will probably surprise some people we'll get into all of that here in just a minute but firstly like I mentioned you are the host of the Locked On Marlins podcast and this is my first time having you on so I just Quickly wanted to thank you for Luis Castillo. We really appreciate the Reds uh, or the Marlins trading him to the Reds. But yeah. Oh man, that that one, uh, you know, that's one of those that'll that'll hurt for a long time. Uh, I know Marlins fans because the crazy thing about Luis Castillo is is the Marlins got a mulligan on on Luis Castillo. They traded him to the Padres first. And uh, Colin Ray had come over in part of that deal over to the Marlins. Ray had an undisclosed injury that that was. They were able to prove they knew about it before the trade and didn't disclose it. So they basically undid the trade. Luis Castillo came back and then the Marlins said, you know what? They must we, – you know, we don't need this guy. They sent him <laughs> over to the Reds. So you got to thank the Padres too on that one. Yes, yes. Javi, uh, if you're listening, thank you, sir. Um, when, when I looked at that trade, the only – obviously it's been a really good trade for the Reds. But the only thing that made me laugh was that offseason just – probably a couple of weeks before the trade actually happened, I got Dan Straley's autograph at Reds Fest. So I was just like, maybe it's me. Maybe I just run people out by getting autographs. So I've tried to cut back on that a little bit. But no, no, we, that, that was that was a pretty good trade. But uh, no, let, let's, let's get to what we actually wanted to talk about today. Let's talk about the Reds farm system. It is something that has been a bit of an issue for the Reds over the last decade. One of the biggest reasons why they had to spend a ton of money on free agency over the last couple of years just to field a competitive team. Let's start out with the big picture. What do you look at the Reds' farm system? I mean, I don't think it's a top 10 in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but is it close to at least the middle? I think it is pretty close to the middle because when you look at the Reds right now, and I'd probably say it's closer to the 20 range, but when you look at the Reds right now, Hunter Green coming back, right? Like when this guy is healthy, presumably, and we assume he's going to be the guy that we expected him to be, that's that's a top 50 prospect when healthy. Uh, and we haven't gotten a chance to see him play in like two years now. So I think Hunter Green's going to be fine. And that's one of those instances where just having such a young player like that works in your favor where he hasn't pitched in what feels like five years and he's still only 21 years old so he's going to be I think a major major boost to this system then you got Nick Lodolo who I think also could be a guy that he's already a highly regarded prospect can become a little bit more elite what they're going to need uh, if we're going to talk about just the value of the system as a whole they're going to need somebody like Reese Hines to make that jump and I know a lot of people are identifying Hines as a potential guy to you know make that breakout this year because of the fact that he has some of the best raw power in all of the minor leagues. It's just whether he can tap into it and whether he can be consistent enough of a hitter. But if he's able to even just show some of that, then he's going to be a guy that 
could vault his way into the top 100. So they're going to need one or two guys to really break out. Jonathan India is going to need to kind of show that he is that first round top five guy. I don't think he needs to show he's a top five guy at this point, but just maybe that he can even be a first round caliber average third baseman that can hit for some power. Then all of a sudden the system looks a little bit better, but you know, on the flip side of it, if Hunter Green isn't 100% coming back from injury, you know, Austin Hendricks struggles out of the gate and India continues to kind of be mediocre, then this system's probably looking back towards the bottom 10. Uh, and that's where it's kind of in flux with the, with the Reds. That's one thing that I want to definitely dive into India here in a little bit, but one thing that's been a huge question mark with how the Reds develop and what they do whenever they bring the guys up is when you look at the fact that Nick Senzel was for so long the organizational top prospect for a couple of years, he was the promised dude that we were waiting on, and then whenever he comes up, he didn't really have a position. Like they said, okay, well, he'll play center field, but he might play a little bit of this, he might do a little bit of that. Are there guys on this roster that are locked in? Are there guys on this farm system that are locked in in a pathway that you can see? Because obviously, right now, the infield is totally blocked, at least not really shortstop. Although you look at Jose Garcia in a year or two is ready to go for that position, I think. And then the outfield is pretty log jam, too. Are these guys coming up through the farm system guys that you hope in a year or two the Reds are able to clear away for or, or what do you see in them well you know the only guy that I think you would legitimately clear the way for in terms of bats right now I would say is Austin Hendrick and he's very far off right because right. he was just drafted out of high school and I love Austin Hendrick as a prospect he's got elite bat speed, maybe the best in his draft class. You just see how explosive he is with his swing, easy power. But he also didn't play great competition in the Northeast. I'm not saying that makes me think he's not going to be as good of a player, but it might make him a little bit further behind the average high schooler uh, at 19 years old. Hendrick is the type of guy that, you know, if he puts it together, that's that's somebody that in two, three years you find a spot for him in the outfield. Uh, for the pitching rotation, I mean, Nick Lodolo is, is probably another year off or two, but you know, the way he looks right now, uh, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, he could be a guy that you plug into the rotation and you, you find a spot for him. Uh, with the bats, that's where the system is really uh, needing a little bit of a jolt. And I know we talked about Reds trade rumors and we don't know what's going to really happen there. But if the Reds were to make some trades, it undoubtedly, in my opinion, has to be for a bat that is at least somewhat on the way to major league ready or just a super high upside bat like Austin Hendrick at the lower level. I think Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are those guys that you can really look forward and say they can make an impact in the rotation in a couple years. Lodolo obviously a bit sooner. I think that he could be a guy that from what we've seen the last couple of years or especially this last year uh, where it was a weird COVID season and we saw a lot of prospects get fast tracked that were polished and able to get some swings and misses as lefties. And we saw that with Garrett Crochet going straight to the bullpen this year for the White Sox after getting drafted this year. Uh, I think you, you see it with a bunch of lefties that tend to throw strikes. I think Lodolo's command is underrated. I think he's got better command than some make him out to be. As a six foot six lefty, he's, I think, ahead of the curve. I love his stuff. I think that he can mix it up and be a solid starter with a higher ceiling to be more of a front end guy. And whether the Reds want to, you know, fast track him or let him 
kind of marinate a little bit more and see if he can hone in on another plus secondary pitch that remains to be seen. But I would say the two guys that you really clear the way for would be Hunter Green and Lodolo in the near future, uh, because both of those guys you're hoping will be impact rotation guys in the next two years. All right, tomorrow we continue this conversation with RM Layton, kind of looking at some thoughts about what happens when you take a starter and put him in the bullpen to kind of give him some reps in the major leagues. And, and we talk about Jonathan India. We talk a lot more about the Reds farm system. That'll be on tomorrow's podcast. Also, hopefully, maybe, who knows, we'll be talking about some news about the Reds getting a shortstop. <sighs> I'm not going to hold my breath, though. But. RM will continue to talk with us on tomorrow's podcast. That'll do it for us today, though. Thank you so much for downloading today's podcast and listening. Make sure that you're subscribed if you haven't already done so. Hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss anything else we've got planned this offseason. Lots more content to get to. Lots more to cover before the Reds travel out to Arizona. You're not going to want to miss any of it here on the Locked On Reds podcast. But that'll do it for us today. I will talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey.